Hello, welcome back to the Fit and Feminist podcast. I am talking today about unconditional permission to eat and what that is, what it looks like, who it's for, yada, yada, yada. So let's begin. So unconditional permission to eat is giving yourself total food freedom to eat without judgment and criticism, which I think we've all been guilty of before or still are or are struggling with it's a massive step in allowing you to eat food guilt-free and actually enjoy your food again um it will help you feel less preoccupied with food it'll help you explore different foods go to new restaurants have new social experiences deeper connections with the people around you new memories not tainted with the fears of what you can and can't eat Um, You're able to go out for spontaneous dates and dinners without panic. We've all been there where, you know, a friend has gone, oh, let's go out for dinner tonight. And everyone's like, yeah, this sounds great. And then you're the one that's like, oh, my God, I didn't account for this in my calories. Or, oh, my God, I don't know what's on the menu and I'm going to eat over. And there's that instant panic. Wouldn't it be nice to not? So unconditional permission to eat should be explored by somebody who yo-yo diets, who restrictively eats who regularly emotionally eats, who exercises to make up for eating, or has really rigid food rules. It's for someone who is absolutely exhausted with thinking about food and you want to find peace. So where to begin with unconditional permission to eat? And it does take work, it does take intentional effort, it does take practice, it does take time. for some people they may get it straight away and within a few weeks they've boshed it out and they're like woo yep unconditional permission to eat nailed it and for others it could take months or we could go two steps forwards one step back or there's days where we're on it and days where all our old habits and beliefs and thinking patterns all come flooding back and that's okay too and we'll come on to self-compassion in a little bit but it all starts with some self-awareness because We can't really move forwards from a place that we don't know where we're at. So self-awareness around what thoughts and beliefs that you currently hold around your food and your body um, that's currently making your relationship with food challenging. And then challenging those beliefs. So for example, you might have a thought or a belief that I can't eat this chocolate because it's bad for me and I will get fat if I eat chocolate and having body fat is bad because it means I am lazy and people will think worse of me. So right there is a good example of internalised weight bias, which I'm not really going to go into too much today. But weight stigmas are where we... I mean, it's ingrained in our society in the way that we view people who have higher levels of body fat and we are praised for thinness in this society and we're brought up with it and we hear it all over the media and we hear our parents say it and our friends and it's the celeb latest diets and all of those things that we're taught and it's about challenging those beliefs now and unlearning the shit that we've learned because just because they're your thoughts and just because they're your beliefs it does not mean they are true and that they are fact so if you can get your head around the fact that you could be wrong then that's a great place to start. Another great place to start is by removing food labels. Stop calling food good, bad, naughty, guilty, cheeky, cheeky nandos, whatever it is. Stop labelling it things because food is food and 
when you can get to a place where you truly do see food as food and there is no good or bad, it is unbelievably freeing. But when you start noticing it, you realise you do it all the time. And then when you start calling yourself on it and practising and going, oh, I've done it again, oh, I just called it bad, oh, I just said guilty, you'll start picking up on it, start changing it, then you'll start noticing how much other people do it as well and how it's so ingrained in us to be calling foods that, you know, like, oh, so bad at the weekend, I had, you know, this and that, and I had a takeaway, and I was so bad, I didn't go for a run, like, stop with the name, stop calling it and labelling it things, okay, you had a pizza, that was it, it wasn't bad, it wasn't cheeky, you are no worse of a person for eating the pizza, and if we can remove these food labels, that will really help with removing the food guilt that you experience after it because if a food isn't bad or naughty how can we feel guilty afterwards for doing it when you give yourself permission to do something there's there isn't the guilt after for doing it because you've allowed yourself to do it another step to take is removing rigid food rules things like no carbs no sugar um eating foods in a specific order not eating after 8 p.m not eating breakfast only eating if you can exercise it off first like these are all food rules that you have set in place for a reason they're serving you a purpose and we'll talk about that later but it's time to let them go actively oppose those things so if your food rule is i can only eat vegetables first and i can't eat after 7 p.m then i would challenge you to try and eat your vegetables last for a dinner this week and eat at 7.30pm and see how it feels, see what happens, does the world come crumbling down, what comes up for you and, and there lies the work is what comes up for you, is it discomfort, is it anxiety, is it a trigger for something, like that's where the work is going to happen is in those moments but you won't get to those moments if you don't first remove the rules and actively challenge them. The next step, well I say next step, none of this is in a particular order, um, but eating regularly. So a lot of people who struggle with their relationship with food will often skip breakfast or under eat because they felt they overate at the weekend and they have this kind of cycle going. So it's really important to eat regularly, three meals and two snacks a day. And if that's just made you go, oh, squeaky, squeaky bum town, um, then you definitely probably need to practice um, the three meals, two snacks. If we don't eat regularly or if you under eat, you are very likely to overeat again down the line. You are very likely to be more preoccupied with food. If you eat regularly, there's less opportunity to sit and daydream and wonder about food and think about it and feel hungry and then go, oh God, what's for dinner? I can't eat anything for six hours and dee 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 dee. So really, really try to eat regularly. Next off is to not identify as a food label. For example, saying I am vegan or I am fat. You eat a vegan diet and you have body fat. You know, if you, once you start identifying as a label, it becomes very difficult to be anything else. You are not your diet. You are not your food choices. You're so many other things than that. That is not who you are. That is not your values. It's not your soul. It's not your purpose. You have body fat. You eat a vegan diet. That That is it. They are not who you are. And if you can... What's the word? If you can... Did, what's the word? If you can separate yourself 
from those labels that will really help you kind of detach from food being so emotional for you. It's like not a deep, meaningful purpose anymore because it's not who you are. Something that does take a little bit of practice but is super important is to practice listening to your own internal hunger cues. And this is something that from childhood we are quite often not taught. We are taught finish everything on your plate. We are taught about the starving kids in Africa. We are taught we get a treat and a dessert if we eat everything that's on our plate. We are punished with food. We are rewarded with food. And so we kind of lose that sense of stopping when full and eating when hungry. And and when we're children, we don't really have much control over that. It's our parents that do. And I'm not a parent, so I don't know anything about, um, you know, how, how to get your child to eat to make sure they stay alive, you know. But I think we are now adults and it's time to reclaim that and rebuild that trust in ourselves and that autonomy that we can decide for ourselves when we're full and when we are hungry. There's a thing called the hunger and fullness scale, which goes from zero to 10. And zero is you're absolutely starving, ravenous, hungry. 10 is you are sick, full. And to try and aim somewhere between four to seven. And so if you, if you feel you're not very good at knowing your internal hunger cues and when you're hungry, when you're full and when to stop and when to start, then this scale could be something that's really helpful for you to tap into. So just sit and pause for a moment. You might be in the middle of dinner and just stop, put your knife and fork down and think, okay, where am I at the scale? If I'm nearing a seven, is it about time to finish? Shall I put my knife and fork down, wait 10 minutes? If I'm still hungry, can I continue? Well, if we start pushing into the eights, the nines, the tens, we're overeating there, we're going to start feeling a little bit sick and that's where the food guilt can often return and come back in. Oh God, why have I done this to myself? I've overeaten again. Oh, I feel sick. And then if we start going below a four into the kind of the ones, twos, threes, and we're really hungry, then generally what we see is we spring back up the hunger fullness scale again into the overeating and we just yo-yo around. So aiming somewhere between a four and a seven is ideal. Um, Another one is to stop judging and labelling other people's bodies and food choices. You'll find that the less time you spend thinking about your own food and body, the less you'll feel the need to comment on others and vice versa. So if every time you go to compliment somebody on their body, maybe pause for a second and don't say it. Because the more that you're talking about other people's bodies, even if you mean it in a positive way, the more you're thinking about bodies and the more you're thinking about food choices and what they have and haven't done. And then that just reflects back on you. Anytime somebody makes a comment on a body, it's because that's what's going on for them. And the more time we worry and think about food and bodies, the more we're going to talk about it. So really try to talk and think about those things less. I'm sure you've got a lot more things to preoccupy yourself with and more interesting shenanigans going on in your life than what you are eating and how you are exercising and what other people are doing. I can tell quite quickly with new clients who are struggling with body image and food relationship stuff if they haven't told me we've not had that discussion yet because of the things they say to other people around them they will say oh you're looking fantastic you look like you've lost weight since I last saw you 
oh, I can totally tell you've changed shape and I'm cringing and dying on the inside, wishing they would stop talking, willing them to just shut up and they just say it. And I'm like, yep, going to have to have a conversation with you because those are reflections of them and how they feel about their body. And it's so highlighted in their life and they're so preoccupied by it. It's all they see around them as well. But really, really try to not keep talking about other people's bodies. You don't know how it's going to make them feel. You don't know the work that they're doing. Please just bloody stop it. Okay, the biggie, the big one. Practice self-compassion. Being a bit more kind to yourself when you feel like you may have failed or you've messed up or you're having a negative experience about something or you're in pain or whatever it is. Showing yourself self-compassion in all walks of life is going to be so helpful in everything that you do. If you can show yourself the same compassion that you would family or friends, your life will just be so much more peaceful. So if you do overeat on a pizza, instead of going, oh God, I'm such a this and I'm such a that and calling yourself names and all the negative self-talk starts coming back around and all the horrible names and just being a dick to yourself, can you just show yourself a little bit of self-compassion? Okay, I overate on a bit of pizza today, but did I enjoy it? Was I with family and friends? Is this a learning curve for me? Has it brought up some emotions that maybe I have been suppressing and now I can deal with those? Just find some kindness for yourself. Take a breath. Find some peace. Be nice to yourself. There is no medal or reward for being the biggest twat to yourself. Nothing good comes from it. Literally nothing good from, comes from being so hard on yourself. So chill. Be nice. And alongside practicing self-compassion comes with engaging in self-care activities so things that are going to bring you joy things that will bring you peace find purpose beyond dieting beyond food control so if you find your brain ticking back over about food choices and calories and dieting and body image and what the scales are going to say and can you take a moment and pause and actually think, okay, what would I rather be doing in this time? I'd rather go for a walk. I'd rather spend time in nature. I'd rather meet a friend for coffee. I'd rather call my mum. I'd rather go for a run. I'd rather do a jigsaw. I'd rather do painting. I'd rather pick my bum and eat it. I don't know what you do at home, but pick something, enjoy your hobbies, enjoy your life, and find purpose outside of food and dieting. And then the big one, the big one, to give yourself unconditional permission to eat, you must stop dieting. You need to stop dieting. Dieting is by nature a form of restricting and restriction is the opposite of giving yourself unconditional permission, okay? And I know what you're thinking. If I stop dieting and I give myself permission to eat anything I want at any time, I'll just eat all the pizza and all the cake and I'll gain loads of weight and it's all just going to go to shit. I know that's what you're thinking. Calm down. Okay, this is catastrophizing. For one, you don't know that that is going to happen. You're catastrophizing, you're speculating, you don't know that this is true. You don't know that that is going to happen yet. This is also you not trusting yourself because you've not let not yet learned how to trust yourself. But hopefully with some of these tools that I've, I've given you and you know that there are ways and tools and support out there to learn how to trust yourself with your hunger and your fullness and 
food cravings and things like that, you can implement these tools and you can build that trust in yourself. You cannot build trust and autonomy if you keep dieting and keep restricting. You've got to give yourself a chance. It is likely that you will eat more than you were before and it's likely you will eat more of those foods that you previously had banned because you're finally giving yourself freedom to do it, enjoy it, but the food novelty does wear off. Over time, you'll realise that once you can have whatever you want, whenever you want, and food will always be there forever, till the end of time, it becomes a lot less enticing. And at that point, that's where things kind of like settle down a little bit and you can build that trust and build that more intuitive eating and enjoy your food a little bit more mindfully. So I know for me, when I started out, I said, right, okay, I'm going to give myself 12 months of unconditional permission to eat. I was so sick of the whole yo-yo dieting and restricting and giving myself a little bit of permission and then stripping it away, a little bit of permission and then tearing it back down. So I was like, right, I'm going to give myself a good amount of time here to actually do the work and see the changes. So I said, I'll give myself 12 months, see what happens. And in those first few weeks, probably a couple of months, I probably ate my body weight in almond croissants. It was bloody great, delicious, amazing. I was eating dessert. I was going out with friends. I was having spontaneous dinners without worrying about it. I wasn't looking at menus ahead of time. Like, I, I definitely was overeating a little more on the foods that I had restricted. But over time, I gradually learned that actually I'm starting to feel a little sick full of these almond croissants. I couldn't even look at them anymore. I realised I could go to Baldston's and get an, an almond croissant any time. It will always be there for me. I, I don't need it every day. And gradually, bit by bit, I was like, yeah, I don't fancy that today. I don't need dessert today. I don't need that chocolate. Or what the biggest thing for me was having half a bar of chocolate and not needing the rest. Like that was huge for me. And I'm sure that is something that a lot of people would like to strive for is how can you have crisps and chocolate and dessert and everything in the house and not eat all of it? And that is by giving yourself the permission to eat it. And it takes practice. It takes work. It's not all right. I'll give myself permission for a week. And if I don't do it, then I'm just going to go on another diet. People, I gave myself 12 months to do this. You've got to give yourself that time to see to see the work and, and see the benefits and see the improvements and give yourself that time to go to therapy, to work through your emotions, to work through your emotional dysregulation, whatever it is that's going on for you. Give yourself that time. Letting go or loosening your grip on all of these food rules and restrictions and diets can be really hard and really scary. Like, who am I without a weight loss goal? What else am I if I'm not dieting? What else could I strive for? What have I been putting off and distracting myself from with dieting? What emotions have I been suppressing and numbing that I now need to face on? Those are the big questions and that is where the work is, not another diet. It's a false dichotomy to think that giving yourself unconditional permission to eat means that you can't also lose body fat. But you can't get to a place of peace with your food if you constantly are striving for weight loss and dieting. You can have complete unconditional permission to eat and lose body fat. Absolutely. 
But if the intent behind unconditional permission to eat is still to lose body fat, then you're still not quite giving yourself that full permission to heal your relationship with food. And if you can heal your relationship with food, which I know that you can, and I can support you with this, then it can change your life and it will bring you the peace that you are looking for. So if you have any questions, let me know, drop me a message or email me and yeah, let's have a chat and um, good luck with it all guys. Thanks. Bye.